0: Hello everyone, welcome back to You Didn't Ask, We Deliver. I'm Shruti. I'm Adi,
1: um, and today we'll be talking about COVID, um, the pandemic, and mask mandates.
0: And we have a special guest this episode, Anu Thiru. You want to say something Hello. about yourself?
2: <laughs> Hello, Um, I'm Anu. I am a grad student, currently studying in Florida. Um, I am sisters with Adi, friends with Shruti. We've been like long time um, friends for a while now. And yeah, I'm just here to put in my two cents on the situation with COVID.
1: Yay, we're glad to have you.
2: to um, be <laughs> Glad to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I feel so official. like. Dave Letterman, or you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, be to be our guest. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: yeah, we're definitely super famous, so it's an honor to be on this podcast. We have a tight schedule. So many people are asking to be on it. So
2: Ooh, wow, I'm so flattered as your first guest. Yeah,
0: show. <laughs> really, you really should be. Okay, so all anyway. right, host, take it
1: away. <laughs> all right, so I guess I can get us started. Um, you know, it'll just be we can just discuss stuff on the topic. But I guess to start off, so um, now we've ha- we've been dealing with COVID for I mean at this point a year, um, which it's crazy to think about. But it's now February two thousand and twenty one, and we first heard wind of it January of last year. It's Who would crazy
0: have how it? I know.
2: Who
0: would have um, how innocent we were back in March when we thought this would last maybe a couple weeks max a month. yeah yeah I remember when they first announced lockdown
2: and like as an undergrad student at the time that like they had shut down schools and they were like oh we are gonna give you guys an extended spring break and we're not gonna um have school but obviously we're gonna update you as needed because everyone kind of thought like this lockdown would last for two weeks to a month and then we'd be back in school um but how how the tables have turned yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah it's
1: definitely crazy for sure. Um, I don't think any of us really predicted the way um, the virus would play out, the pandemic, all the just the crazy we've been through um, this past almost year but you know it's been wild for sure. I guess we can start with general opinions of how the past year has been um, and I guess how lockdowns have
0: been. I guess we can start there well for me personally so initially i thought i was okay with the lockdown because a obviously i understood why so i was like this is important we have to all stay inside as much as possible and also i'm like i'm like a mix of like extroverted and introverted so my introverted side was like yes i can i have a reason to just stay at home now like it's socially acceptable to just not want to go out or whatever so I was actually like enjoying lockdown. I was enjoying like easier classes. Also, I was like a senior in high school. So either way, I probably wouldn't have cared about school. Let's be real. But, but, um, but um, yeah, so I was enjoying like the easier classes, like online tests and stuff like that. But as like, You know, summer went on, and like I couldn't do anything fun in the summer. I was like, all right, this is starting to get old. And then fall rolled around, and it was like I was gonna start my first year of college, and you know, like that's supposed to be like you know, like this transformative time or like this really fun, exciting time. And now it's Mm -hmm. just been like extended high school in a way, except I'm not living at home. So it's, you know, lockdown, I have like mixed feelings about it right now. I feel like I've sort of just gotten used to it. So I, and I don't know college outside of like a COVID perspective. So I can't really compare it to anything. So it's like fine. It's like fine, I guess. But I'm also like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm missing out on. So I can't really say like, oh, this is like, this sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, It's kind of crazy because it's like I have a
2: similar experience, but instead of from like high school to undergrad, it's from undergrad to grad school. Mm -hmm. So a little bit different. So obviously like grad school is like more of a professional school and, um, you know, you kind of have like the lay of the land. So it's not like undergrad where you're trying to find like new friends and new experiences. But at the same time, it's like you miss out on a lot of those like core experiences that you would have had if you were in person Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I definitely did not meet a lot of my classmates and especially upperclassmen um, until like way later because we only had lab class which we do have in person where you have to wear like face masks face shields all that good stuff Um, so that was the only time I got to interact with classmates yeah it's very interesting and I feel like even taking college online having that switch was very, very new. Um, I feel like the students got the hang of it, but even the professors had some trouble because mind you, these are professors who've been teaching for 20 to 30 years in person that now have to suddenly switch to this like foreign online system that it was quite frankly pretty new as well mm-hmm. until COVID hit because Zoom like Zoom apparently was a platform um, that a couple of people used, but could not house the amount of students and teachers that it ended up having to house after COVID. So even Zoom had to adjust and stuff too. So it was just a whole learning curve for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: definitely, I think it's definitely been a crazy adjustment, especially with how long we've been kind of you know, handling this like, so, you know, social distancing and stuff. It's definitely crazy how we've had to transition from the spring and like finishing out classes to the summer and like summer, you know, opportunities, experiences to then like the fall to, it's just crazy how much it like changes progressively. But I guess since we're talking about lockdowns, um, it's worth it to cost benefit analyze. But what do y'all think about, um, kind of the pros and cons with lockdowns, because I know one of the, like obviously the biggest pros for a lot of people is trying to contain the spread of the virus, trying to keep as many people safe and not infected as possible. But also the cons being, you know, um, people arguing that it leads to um, decline in the economy because less consumerism, and then also the effect of lockdowns on mental health. Um, So what do y'all think about that, I guess?
0: Um, I think for me so I think it's like definitely I trying to bring like the whole political aspect of the podcast in here a little bit but um so I think it's bipartisan like everyone wants to reopen the economy, try to get back to normal, but where the difference lies is that I feel like, Democrats, it's like they're painted as these people that, like, don't want people going back to work and just want to give everybody handouts. And like, that's not the case. We want to reopen the economy, but in a safe way. Whereas I feel like Republicans are just focused on like, oh, economic growth over everything. And so they're like, oh, I don't care about, you know, the fact that there's literally a pandemic going on. Like, we just need people to go back to work. And you know they say like, oh yeah, we want to do it safely too, but they're also the people that are like, no, I don't, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. So it's just kind of like, yeah, like those are my thoughts on it. Like obviously, I think the lockdowns are important. I think they're necessary to contain the spread. Um, but if people continue acting the way that they do about the whole mask mandate situation then i don't know how much good it's actually going to do if there's enough people that are just not following the rules
2: mm-hmm. um yeah to add to that i I feel like a lot of it um, stemmed like a lot of the different reactions that came with like lockdown, wearing masks, COVID in general. Um, A lot of it came from the government's opinions on um, say like COVID and wearing masks and things like that. I feel like that had a very big influence. So I know that the CDC um, like as a government organization worked really hard to show the importance of wearing masks um, and to show the importance of how COVID spreads. But, and they also had a task force as well um, with the government to help um, with COVID uh, measures for the government and like for the nation as a whole. Um, But the Trump administration, I know, um, didn't really work as well with the CDC. And um, in terms of masks and things like that, like um, tended to look at the precautions that CDC put out more as a suggestion and maybe not as more of a mandate that should, be taken, should have been taken seriously. Uh, and so I feel like if you like if a bunch of civilians see their government um, not really take these suggestions seriously, then they're going to look at that as, oh, if they're not taking it seriously and they seem fine, then I can probably do the same thing and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily the case, right? We're dealing with this um, huge virus uh, a lot of the scientists at first didn't even know how it spread, how it acted. I mean, to this day, it's kind of a little bit foreign. There's still a lot of research being done. So it's just a little bit concerning um, when it comes to things like that, but yeah.
1: No, I definitely agree. I feel like, the. I mean, not that you can decide when you want to have a pandemic to occur, because if you could, then I would say never. Um, yeah. But. There. You know, it, I think it just made it like a million times worse that it was an election year because it kind of amplified the fact that it was such a politicized, like the response to the pandemic was so politicized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I
2: think, yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say the whole, the fact that COVID as a pandemic was politicized was something... I didn't quite like necessarily, but I understand why it became so politicized because um, at the end of the day, big measures taken by the government in terms of where to put funding for research for COVID or um, whether to mandate masks or like lockdown procedures all fall under the government. So whether or not we like it, it's going to be politicized. And so I, and that's personally my opinion, I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, like it could have been handled a little bit better. Obviously the administration that handled the 1918 pandemic was probably like almost more than a hundred years ago now, you know? So it's hard to say that there was like a precedent to follow or anything because it really wasn't. We were all faced with this new pandemic, but at the same time, um, there were definitely measures that could have been taken that weren't necessarily taken and things like that. And so it does get to be a bit
0: frustrating sometimes i mean no i completely agree like oh sorry no you're good um i was just gonna say like i don't know if it was inevitable that covid have to had to be politicized like i don't know if i necessarily agree with that part because you you see that other democratic countries like um new zealand or canada or other like european countries like, they have a much stronger handle on the pandemic, in my opinion. Like, New Zealand, literally, they declared themselves virus free. And those are all democratic countries with multiple parties, but it seemed like they were able to, you know, join together and put aside their political differences for the common cause of trying to get rid of the virus within their borders. So, I think the whole politicization of this virus is uniquely an American thing. And that's what made me upset because it's like science is not partisan. Like disease is not partisan. It like COVID doesn't care who you voted for. Like it exists. It's real and it can affect anyone. So that's what I like pissed me off the most about how this was handled this past year. Honestly, I kind of agree with both of y'all and I can like explain that more. Um, But
1: I agree that a lot of the like scientific facts about COVID shouldn't have been politicized. Um, And it was just, you know, basic things like, um, like wearing a mask um, and social distancing and having those, um, you know, those proper protocols in place prevents transmission of the virus. Correct, you know, and I feel like that's something that shouldn't have been, argue, you know, like debated on, even though it was. Um, I definitely agree with that. And so in that respect, like, there's certain things that I feel like shouldn't have been like a political decision more so than it was, hey, we have a pandemic and we need to control it. But At the same time, I also agree with Anu because I think at the end of the day, like, to an extent, it actually, like, I feel like it was inevitable to be politicized because it like when something of that nature occurs like a pandemic it's like the current administration is going to have a certain approach and if the need if like the other administration has a different approach it ends up being a political issue right because it's like a difference in approach so like obviously trump's administration handled it the way they did and then biden ran on having a different approach right which yes at the end of the day a lot of americans did kind of want a different approach after um Trump's administration didn't seem to be as successful, you know? Um, And so I think that's where it kind of fell into it. Although I will say another big aspect that made it politicized was also people's response to um, scientists. And this is where it gets kind of tricky, but basically since there was so much we didn't know about the virus early on, a lot of scientists kind of had, you know, couldn't give concrete details earlier. And that's kind of built this like sense of distrust among the general public. Which kind of bred that like whole like not valuing science and then eventually led to like politicization of, you know, like even stuff like masks. I remember this time last year in February, people were like, oh, there's no need to have masks. Um, for the regular people, just, like, if you're in a hospital. And then that quickly changed to, like, oh, we need masks and we all need them. (laughs) Or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. N95s, people saying, like, oh, you'd only need them in hospitals. But then at the end of the day, really, everyone could have used it. They just didn't have the supply for it, you know? So, you know, little things like that. And I think the fact that, like, the CDC would constantly update, like, what protocols were good and stuff, like, I think a lot of general public failed to realize that, like, the CDC updating information on the virus was a result of them learning more and they thought it was a result of them kind of just feeding like the public knowledge based on their agenda Um, and like once that started to become a thing I think that made people kind of distrust the CDC distrust scientists when really scientists were just updating information based on learning more you know Mm -hmm. and I think if more people knew that like the uh, reason why information was so changing all the time was just cause like, that's the nature of learning more about the virus. Then like they, if people were more understanding of that, they would have less of a distrust in the system. But then, you know, that plus the fact that it's from a big institution kind of bred that distrust,
2: bred politicization. So mm-hmm. it's just a whole cycle. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, yeah, I feel like with anything there's like a little bit of distrust. You know what I mean? Like conspiracy theories come from every situation. But at the end of the day, I feel like with this, it was very unique in that it wasn't, it was a conspiracy theory that really took hold. Like, um, and especially when it comes from such a prominent person as Trump saying, um, things about the CDC that would make people distrustful of medicine, of science, of the COVID um, research that's happening, and all of that, I feel like that's where sometimes it gets a little bit dangerous, because, um, you know, if you tell people, oh, it's okay to go out when it's not okay to go out, or it's okay to not wear masks when it," you know, like, it's not okay in certain situations, and the government's saying that, it's, it's, hard to say because science doesn't really back what the government's saying but at the end of the day the government's the one telling you what to do or deciding on what to do so yeah i honestly wish it wasn't politicized but that's why i feel like it had to be politicized in a way just because the things that the administration at that time being trump's administration has to do in order to respond to COVID falls back on what they believe in. Um, and then also, if you looked at the political climate at that time, I mean, it's still happening. Me talking about it like this is like 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally happening as we speak. But um, just like the political climate, it's like weird, but the difference in opinion between like how COVID should be handled is partisan, which I feel like is something I would have never predicted it, if you had told me like, oh, there's some people who don't like wearing masks, some people do like wearing masks, and it's like, I it would have been like, oh, it's just two groups of people and like political party affiliation has nothing to do with it, but it's just so unique and maybe even slightly frustrating that um, it happens to be partisan. And the fact that it is partisan kind of affects the type of policies we do get out of the government, right? So with um, the stimulus package plans and um, whether the nation goes in a lockdown or not, um, even so, the government funds research for COVID as well, including for the COVID vaccine and stuff, because they're the ones who give grants. Um, so that funding also depends on the government too. So whether we like it or not, it's the government has a huge influence. Um, But as we know, the disease has no borders. (laughs) It doesn't care. It does what it does. So, and like, that's absolutely true. Yeah.
0: And like going off of the, um, what you were saying about the whole policy, like how this shapes policies. So I Mm -hmm. was wondering if we could talk about like the whole mask mandate situation and how some people think it's like impeded infringing on their like rights or something or like, infringing on their freedoms or whatever I don't like my personal opinion on that is like you don't see people throwing a fit when a store has a policy saying like oh you have to wear clothes to be able to shop in this store like you you can't come in here without any clothes on you have to wear clothes in order to shop in our store otherwise you're getting kicked out it's like the For our current situation, a mask is, like, essentially the same thing. So I don't understand why it's, like, if a store has a private company, has their policy, like, oh, you have to wear a mask in order to be able to shop here or eat here or whatever. That, like, why people are all of a sudden so mad about this one extra piece of cloth, you know? It's, like, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, I have no idea what they're referring to in terms of, like, their freedoms being taken away and that... You know we're gonna live in this communist society because joe biden wants to <laughs> mandate masks like yeah it's so it's like beyond stupid for me but maybe y'all have a more empathetic um <laughs> empathetic of even though i know y'all agree with me <laughs> <laughs> um
2: oh so i guess i can chime in um so I agree in the sense that masks should be mandated because it's a form of protection against COVID, especially if you do have to put yourself in situations where um, you have to go outside and interact with people, then at least wear a mask, stay six feet away from people. It's the least you can do to help prevent yourself um, from getting COVID, prevent other people from getting COVID. I can understand where people come from when they're like, when they say they don't want to wear a mask. And I think it's just the idea of, oh, the government is telling me to do something. Um, So in this case, and mind you, I think it also comes from the fact that we are dealing with the virus. This is a microscopic particle um, and not, I don't think, it's very hard to understand kind of how it works essentially because it's so small and we don't really see the full effects of the virus. Um, and the like, so the fact that COVID has that like two week period of like incubation, so you have to quarantine for two weeks and things like that, it kind of makes things hazy in terms of like COVID's impact and whether you can like really see it. And so I feel like all of that combined, basically anyone who doesn't like wearing a mask, I feel like it's a little bit of, oh, I, feel like I see people who don't wear masks and they're fine. I see people in the government, especially your prominent physicians not wearing masks and I'm fine. And also I don't want some big body um, or some big governmental organization telling me what to do with my body because that's like an infraction of my rights. Um, And so obviously I understand that if that was something like, oh, you can wear the color red. It's like there's no Scientific basis for not wearing the color red. But then when it comes to masks, I feel like there are a lot of um, research articles and different um, research projects that show why masks are beneficial and efficient when it comes to preventing COVID. And so when it comes to that, that's why I'm like, okay, yes, maybe it does, maybe it is annoying that someone's telling you to wear a mask, but I wish I could tell those people, like, understand the amount of research that went behind them telling you to wear a mask, because it's it's a lot and it is effective and it's been proven. And so that's why the government's telling you, it's not necessarily telling you to infringe on your rights, it's telling you to protect yourself. Um, so I feel like if um, people who did feel like masks were infringing on their rights saw it in that type of way, they would understand a little bit better, um, yeah. I think something to note
1: also, um, is I'm like kind of talking about the like personal freedom and, and, you know, infringing on your rights, um, argument. Um, something to also think about is trying to compare being in a pandemic to almost like wartime politics, um, or policy. Cause if you think about it, like, um, we haven't had a war in a long time and I hope it stays that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, if you think about like Anytime the U.S. has been involved in a major war, like World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, like anything major, um, wartime policies in America is very different from regular policies because obviously, like in World War Two, I believe, but also World War One, I, I definitely know this was a thing in World War Two, but it basically got to the point where like um, America had to like, um, you know, just basically went on wartime mode and had um, women. Taking all these like women in all these jobs, um, industrial yeah. jobs to produce or arms, food. Oh, yeah, and ration food, all that. So, if you think about it, like the government had to place a lot of rules because everyone was in charge, right? Like men had to be drafted to go into war, women had to be working. You know, it was like a whole change in individual rights, but every it was for like collective good. And I think the second people think like giving up your rights for a collective good, they're like communism. And it's like, like, yeah, yes. It, yes, that often gets associated, but there's actually more reasons to work as a unit than communism. Mm-hmm. And working on it as a unit doesn't automatically equate to communism. Yeah, yeah. So I think if people kind of try to picture the pandemic in a similar form, they could kind of understand that like, yes, you're giving up your individual, like, whatever your individual belief is for the the virus to not spread as much. Um But also, again, the reason people don't think of it the same is because of you know um, misinformation about the virus um, personal opinions on the virus you know I think issues like that have definitely led to people not understanding the depth of it and also Shrew, I also agree with you on what you were saying with independent businesses like businesses are allowed to have whatever rules they want because it's a private organization so Mm -hmm. like if they say hey like you have to wear, you know, if, if you have to wear a shirt to come in, then you have to wear a shirt to come in. So they're allowed to do the same thing with the mask. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's just kind of understanding your rights and like what that means in different times, I think, plays a big role. But
0: Yeah. I think also um, in terms of COVID and like the way, um, just like its existence, I I think it's also interesting that it highlighted a lot of like healthcare inequalities that obviously, I mean, maybe it wasn't obvious to everyone, but maybe it was only obvious now that like healthcare inequalities existed before this pandemic. Like they existed in our healthcare system but I feel like the pandemic like exacerbated those, and like just highlighted them even more. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, what healthcare disparities did you see?
0: So um, I heard that most of the deaths of COVID were from people who didn't have access to um, proper healthcare. So that would typically, in terms of racial breakdown, it was Black and Brown people that were mostly dying that was the main one that I saw. Um, And then also the fact that, you know, I think one thing was that Trump got, once he got COVID, um, he had like access to state of the art healthcare, Um, but he was also like downplaying the pandemic. And so people who maybe, well, most people don't have the same level of access to healthcare as he does. So it's like that I saw equated that to like a dangerous rhetoric to have like yeah maybe it doesn't matter to you because you know um you can you know you you would be able to get cured and he did but with other people it's just not the case
2: Mm -hmm. i mean can we talk about celebrities and
0: the amount of parties they threw okay we're we're back Um, our software only lets us record 30 minutes at a time. So we're just going to resume the conversation now. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: No, so I was just kind of talking about, um, I don't know about y'all, but I've been seeing celebrities post um, about parties that they're hosting or be like, or going to. Um, And if we want to talk about health disparities, there's definitely health disparities in terms of socioeconomic status. Um, so I feel like those of a lower socioeconomic status, um, definitely lower than, you know, the richest of the rich basically, um, <laughs> can't afford to say like buy COVID tests for themselves and their, um, and their guests at a party or if they do happen to get COVID, they can't like, um, like people, the higher uh, socioeconomic class can get access to, different hospitals, different treatments, different environments um, that others cannot. And I think it also comes with like opportunity costs. So um, maybe someone who's in a, um, who's like in this situation might also be considering paying rent um, among other things like with healthcare. And so, yeah, it's it's just interesting to see. That's all I have to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll definitely say Uh, that's like an interesting point with celebrities because I feel like I've kind of seen a mixed response because I've seen some people who like the second you know in March when people were starting to properly quarantine people who just kind of laid low in their nice mansion or wherever and then just kind of like stayed with their family or their few friends you know and like took it seriously like kind of posted about you know wearing a mask trying to be safe and even like donating I've seen a lot of people try to do a lot of good um, you know do fundraisers or like there were so many people on talk shows um, like Fallon or Kimmel that like would raise money to certain organizations um, like organizations that helped small businesses during the pandemic or, you know, helped with different aspects. So I've seen people do it
2: throughout your party. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then also, (laughs) um,
1: I mean, not that they're relevant or worth their time at all, but like the hype house kids uh, on TikTok, you know, just like partying left and right. And I mean, obviously like, that's not, they're not super important to like our demographic, but if you think about really young kids, like, um, you know, like early teens and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, yeah, especially like tweens, teens, like for that age, like people like Charlie D'Amelio and stuff are role models. So to see people like that be partying or, you know, any other celebrities be partying is definitely like not the best um, image. Um, And especially when, You know, there's kind of this mixed response to, you know, how to act during a pandemic. It definitely doesn't help to see that as a side too. You know, I think it just like adds fuel to the fire. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. Um, Also, for those who don't have TikTok, because I don't have TikTok, but I do know about like Hype House and stuff. TikTok, uh, basically, Hype House is like this social content creator house with a bunch of content creators that create content for TikTok um, and they've become like many celebrities on their own. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess what's relevant to know from that is a lot of these
1: creators are essentially social media influencers that have a lot of influence on younger um, children, like in their you know teens and like tween age. So it even though it's not relevant to a lot of older people, it's definitely important to see what they're doing since they have such an
2: impact on that demographic yeah um, yeah <laughs> anything else you guys wanted to talk about covid wise frustrations, concerns, praises? maybe there's some praises in there. Um, <laughs> um, let's break down. so I was thinking about this,
1: so I know that like a lot of um you know we talked about this with talking about politicization politicization I cannot say that word. <laughs> hard, but, the fact that basically the way that Trump's administration handled the pandemic was for a lot of people not up to par. And I think that definitely played a large role when it came to um, the election results in November. But, um, you know, after that, like Biden clearly like ran with a different, um, like um, ran with a different policy uh, and a different approach to handling the pandemic. Um, So now that he's, he's in office, and it's been well, probably like, three week, three-ish weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how do y'all feel about the things he's done so far?
0: About, about, about that. COVID specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like that he enforced like a sort of partial mask mandate, like, you know, the mask mandate on federal property. I think that's, that's definitely a good, a good thing to have. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see what he'll do with the whole stimulus package situation, because I feel like there's just (laughs) a lot of gridlock on that in Congress. Um, So I'm wondering if Biden even has any power in that situation or like what he can do, but I'm interested to see, yeah, like what he does with that. I don't know. I mean, I think I've also heard from other like people within the white house and, you know, I've read on CNN and like other news articles that, in terms of like vaccine rollout, it's been a lot smoother of a process under the Biden administration versus under the Trump administration. So, um, that bodes well. It's definitely still a slow rollout, but I think that bodes well for trying to get as many um, people vaccinated as possible so that, you know, we can achieve some type of herd immunity. But yeah. Overall, I don't really have any complaints, but you know, with again with the whole stimulus package thing, you know, I think there's definitely room for improvement, but I don't think he's done anything bad yet. Like I have I don't have any particular like criticisms like no, I disagree with this.
2: Um yeah, quite frankly, um I'm just waiting for like a little bit more time with the Biden administration before like starting to be like, hey, I don't like this. I like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's give them time to move into the White House, settle in, get their businesses in order. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I'm sure to have more opinions on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I feel like that's probably the best position to be in just because he, you know, just like just started a couple weeks ago and you know, it'll take some time to kind of, like, roll out policy changes and stuff. Um, just in the interest of keeping things spicy, um, I'll, like, give some criticisms, I guess. Um, he <laughs> ran he ran pretty strongly on a policy of having a $2,000 stimulus, and I know there's going to be a lot of gridlock with that, but um, to be quite frank, I think if he doesn't deliver the $2,000 stimulus, he's going to get a lot of, put, like, pushback from the general public. Oh, for um, sure. And I think that really just comes from the fact that he was so specific about it when he ran. Um, but again, there there's a lot of factors that kind of play into that. But I think definitely, like, not prioritizing that would definitely be an issue. Um, and not to say that he hasn't, but, you know, that's just an early criticism, I guess I would say, is, you know, yeah. the fact that the amount hasn't been finalized at 2000 um, It could potentially be lower. So that's definitely something of a little bit of concern. I know um, the vaccine rollout has been slow, but at the same time, I wouldn't really put that on him since he's only been around a couple of weeks. So hopefully in the future, we'll kind of see that, um, you know, start to unravel more rapidly. Um,
0: Didn't but, he um, say that he was trying to get like 100 million vaccinations by what was it like eight? april question mark i don't know the exact sometime late spring yeah yeah. like it was like april or something like that do you think that's gonna happen do you think we're gonna get them out that many that fast it's already february so this is like two months in two months how many the rate it's been
1: going since january doubt it um if there have been major changes within the past couple weeks slash are continuing to happen within the next couple weeks then it's possible um it really just depends on what's gonna happen this next like month or so that's really gonna determine that because i think as of now it's still pretty slow um i mean we'll have to see how things play out
0: yeah i mean that's sort of like my general theme of my attitude towards like politics and like this current administration i'm just trying to wait it out see what, (laughs) see what's going to happen, give them some time to either do great things or screw up. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah. And honestly, I guess something to note too is I know a lot of people are really critical of Biden's administration's handling of the pandemic because they're saying, oh, like he said he would be, he would handle it a lot better than Trump's administration. He has to deliver. And something I guess I'll kind of add to that is that I think a lot of the, kind of the situation that comes with picking a different president or like um, having a different administration come in is like a commentary on the old administration and hope for the new administration, you know? So like, I think a lot of Trump not getting reelected comes from the fact that the general public did not like his approach to the pandemic. And so kind of having, having Biden come in was more Um, along the lines of we didn't like the previous administration and we're hoping for a better response. So I guess now we're at the point where we're like, okay, at least we don't have the response we've had before. And then now we're kind of in that waiting period where we're like, okay, hopefully we're getting something better. So, you know, at least that helps. It's like, at least we're not getting the response we used to have since we know it's tried and not true. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess it's at least we're getting something different. And my thing is like,
0: you know, so this this whole lockdown situation like the true seriousness of covid started mid-march so trump had like 10 months to you know take it seriously and maybe try to have an effective covid plan but he didn't so lots of damage was done like so like hundreds of thousands of people died millions of cases so i also also feel like it's um a bit unfair to be like oh why hasn't Biden turned this around in like the two weeks that he's been in office like I think it's also gonna take some time to like because the momentum you know like if you want to like make an analogy to like physics or something but like the momentum mm-hmm. is going in like one direction and so to try to get it to like like inertia or whatever like to try to get it in the other direction it's gonna take a lot more force that, you know, Biden just hasn't been in office for long enough that I feel like it's going to take at least a month, maybe two, to start to see, like, things start going in the positive direction. Spoken like a true Georgia Tech student. Oh, God. I'm not even, I'm not even like a physics major or anything like that. (laughs) And it's already rubbing off on me. Oh, God. Um, all right, so I guess to kind of close out things,
1: um, I guess we can all just kind of share, um, some, like, I guess something interesting we did or learned during the pandemic or, you know, any hobbies we picked up, any cool perspective we've had. Um, I feel like that's a fun way to kind of close things up.
0: Um, uh, should I go first or does anyone else want to go first? Yeah, go You'll first. Go. Okay. You got it. So I. This is like hard to believe for literally anyone that knows me. But pre-COVID, I was like super anti-TikTok. Like TikTok was sort of gaining traction like tw- late 2019. But I was like, I that's a dumb app. I'm never going to download it. And then quarantine hit. And like for the first month or two, I was still strong. I was like, I'm not going to download TikTok. But then like May, I was like, I, I caved. I just caved and I downloaded TikTok. So I became addicted to TikTok for the good portion of 2020. And then also, I was sort of into baking and like cooking pre COVID, mm-hmm. but like I just got into that a lot more. During That's that. super cool. Dang. Those um, were my two.
2: What's
0: the coolest two. thing you got to bake? Um. I feel like I made like a lot of desserts. And like what I would do is I would also just like cook dinner for my family a couple times a week. So like it would just, that was mostly just like nothing particularly interesting. But my desserts, I like, I baked a cake for Mother's Day. So that was like my like second time, honestly, like making a cake. So it was still good, but you know, like that was like something fairly new um i made like apple crumble a couple times which like that turned out really well i also made like during like christmas time i made like this pastry that y'all tried it was like oh that was um, super good yeah it was like (laughs) (laughs) blueberry and like brie and stuff it was it was really good so yeah that was like something totally new like i wouldn't i had never done something like that so that was really fun to do, like creative.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
0: What about all right. I don't know
2: what about you? <laughs> um, I don't know if I picked up a new hobby, but I definitely got back to some old things. Um, because we all had to end up coming back home, right? And so my piano's at home, so I got to sit down and like start playing the piano again, which I thought was really nice. Um, And I would kind of just like take a few classes. And then before I started like my homework or studying, I would go on a walk either with my dog or I just like sit down and fool around with the piano and see what I could come up with. So that's something I feel like maybe I necessarily didn't pick up, but definitely like revisited after a very long time. did dabble in a little bit of baking. Adi, you can definitely confirm on this. Um, we <laughs> totally fell for the Dalgona fluffy coffee. Yes. Cooking. Oh, my um, God. And we did banana bread. Of um, course. That was a huge thing. Never did the sourdough. Maybe that's something new we can try. <laughs> um, but definitely fell for those baking, cooking, quarantine trends, um, which recommend. Um, I mean, it was trendy for a reason because Mm -hmm. they ended up being delicious. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Man, that feels like such a different time
1: when, you know, banana bread was trending. Like, that was early quarantine. It's crazy to think (laughs) how long things have gone. But, I mean, I guess same. I baked a lot with Anu. Um, It was nice to get more family time. Very unusual, especially with both of us living in different states. Like, it was kind of nice to you know, like, all be together. Um, we got to go on a lot of hikes, which I think was super nice. Um, you know, COVID-friendly, of course. Mm, but, yes. you know, I think it was nice to get to see a lot of, you know, Georgia nature, um, just and get to experience things that, you know, while we're being safe, get to also have fun experiences. So I think that mm-hmm. was nice for sure. And then I guess just, you know, in general, like, you know, obviously the situation sucked completely. <laughs> but I think it was just kind of, you know, kind of open... My eyes, at least, to just the idea of what it's like to kind of live through something different and also like what I take for granted. Um, You know, even little things like I'm not even a huge extrovert, but you know, just little things like interactions with acquaintances and stuff like that, just like not having that anymore, kind of like really made me think about times when we did. I don't know. It was just like a crazy time for sure, but I feel like there was a lot of kind of downtime to. Get to experience fun things. So I guess that was more for me. I also uh, I had TikTok a while before, but I definitely started using TikTok a lot more during the quarantine as well, which I feel like a lot of people did. So yeah, it's interesting to see how much like platforms like TikTok, but also like streaming platforms like Disney Plus and Netflix have like shot off during that time. So mm-hmm. they're just crazy to think of how many like you know just all the different facets of effects that it's had, like the businesses that have been affected negatively, but also positively. So it's just been crazy all around, but I guess that concludes our discussion for today. I know it was so nice having you. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. why am I being so nice? <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, on that note, peace out y'all. We're dipping. <laughs>